Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Mark Kuhn, joined as always by my oldest brother, Michael Kuhn. Hey, everybody. And my middle brother, Matthew Kuhn. Hey, guys. So we got Michael in the studio again for the second time. Um, we, uh, I'm sorry about um, any mic problems that we might have. We are, are trying our best to figure this out. Me and Michael are sitting shoulder to shoulder. Um, we uh, are... Yeah, your breath kind of stinks, Mark. Yeah, so sorry about that. But you know... <laughs> Um, That's where the brothers. burritos are coming from. We're brothers. <laughs> Matthew said earlier that the entire uh, recording studio, we'll call it, smells like Doritos. Um, I think it was actually just Michael's cooking from earlier. Um, Using Doritos is a key ingredient, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, mostly Doritos. The kids S- stir fried Doritos. The, the kids love it. The kids love it. Um, a little bit of Barbasol in there, and you got a real meal. <laughs> um, so, so we actually. Um, Got a chance to have all three of us in the same room and call Grandpa. Um, so this is one of the first times that um, Michael got to talk mostly with Grandpa. So hopefully it's just as entertaining as it normally is. Hello. Hey, Grandpa. It's Matthew. Hello, Matthew. <laughs> How How's are things? It's going well. <laughs> How are you? You sound like you have people over. No, this is the TV that's out. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm here with I'm here with Michael and Mark too. Um, we just hadn't talked to you in a while. Figured we'd give you a call, see see what you're up to. Uh uh-huh. Well, uh, my my thoughts are that that maybe they'll get Kirk Cousins. Ooh, is that what you want to have happen? Well, I think that. Uh, I think that uh, I always liked this McCarran, but I, I for, but I, but from what I read, that uh, comes with these comes with uh, too high a price. Uh, but you know, this this Nick Foles could be a good one too. Yeah, I don't think the Eagles are going to let Nick Foles go because their uh, Carson Wentz is hurt and probably won't be able to start at the beginning of next year. Yeah, well, it's it's hard to trade a Super Bowl winner away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But I think that I think that they would have a good chance at uh, at uh, maybe this this cousins I think and then uh, they they may if they if they get them uh, if they trade for at least a quarterback they they'd be a good bargaining position to trade away to a number one pick for some good ones for some other picks you know yeah they need uh, they need uh, some. They need a left tackle because uh, Thomas is he may not play. Who knows? You know, and if he does, he's 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 uh, the age is against him and he's he's recuperating yet. You know, so he may not be as good as he used to be. He's not that old. Uh, he's thirty three years old. It's I think he's only thirty two, isn't he? It's killing me <laughs> how everybody's talking about how old he is. He's really not that old. <laughs> I know, but for football, he's ancient. <laughs> I don't know. Andrew Whitworth just made the Rams a heck of a lot better at like age thirty-six at left yeah. tackle. So I don't, I don't see why Joe Thomas can't play at that level for at least three more years. Well, I, I, I hope he does because uh, the Browns would. I, I sure hate to see the Browns lose him for whatever, but I, I hope he comes back. But I think, I think they have to plan that eventually they they're going to have to groom somebody for a left tackle, you know. Yeah, that was true. Uh, I, I think they're know. at that point where they need to start thinking about life after Joe Thomas. 
So, well, what are your what are your thoughts on the Browns here? Uh, we got a lot of thoughts on the Browns. Have you been listening? To I'm the sure podcast? you do. Have you been listening to the podcast? <laughs> huh? Have you been listening to the podcast? Uh, no, to tell you the truth, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I've been uh, busier than a cat covering shit on a tin roof here. Uh, <laughs> I haven't, I had, I haven't had time to do a whole hell of a lot. Uh, when this when this wedding thing and everything is over, things will be down to a dull roar. But right now we're we're just up 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 to our ass and alligators here. Everything everything we do is a real problem. You know, we've got <laughs> so many things to do. <laughs> so. <laughs> Hey, well, Grandpa, we'll be there in a few days. We'll share a couple short ones with you, and everything's going to be just fine. Okay. <laughs> okay, guys, I look forward to seeing you. We're looking forward to it, too. All hey, right. Mark, uh, who's this uh, Who's this young lady? What's her name? Her name's Zoe, Grandpa. Zoe, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Are you going to be with her? No, I'm not. I've actually got uh, stuff I have to do for my job, so I'm going to be away for the weekend. I see. Uh, All right. Well, was, tell I, her I, I said hello. I will. I wouldn't choose <laughs> Zoe over you, Grandpa. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Grandpa. Okay, guys. I'll see you at the wedding. Okay, see you then. All right, enjoy the honeymoon. Okay. <laughs> so long. Bye. <laughs> always entertaining to talk to Grandpa. Um, it's always fun to hear his voice. He's got the constant laugh. I don't want to get here, serious here for a second. Michael. Um, describe to me how busy a cat covered in shit on a tin roof is. <laughs> uh, um, I don't think any of us can make any sense out of that comment, but I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so glad I heard it for the first time from Grandpa. It couldn't have been any better. His sayings and his idioms, all of the things that he has to say. What he said right after that, something about like a bunch of alligators like all around him. Alligators all up in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> He said something about, like, everything's difficult around here. It's like there's alligators all up in your ass. <laughs> Which, admittedly, would make things very, very that, difficult. That and he be. is in the state of Florida. I mean, I mean, if, real, if that was going to be an issue anywhere, it's got to be where he is. A real and present problem. But, but oh, no, seriously, geez. the cat. Like, what? How's that cat so busy? It makes no sense. Readers, uh, listeners, we're, we don't have any sort of content to read. Thank God. We're all terrible writers. Yes. Um, any listeners that can make any sense out of this uh, idiom, please let us know. Check us out on Twitter at, at Sin of Our Fathers or uh, uh, send us an email at Sin of Our Fathers or Sin of Our Fathers at gmail.com. This is why I normally let Mark do this portion. Yeah, we normally do it at the end and then I give a shout out to our uh, Tokyo listeners. But um, so we got a good show for you guys today. We've got a few things that we wanted to cover. One of the things is Matthew's going to enlighten us about the Josh Gordon contract situation because he spent a good, decent bit in the NFLPA. Um, just assessing what what is really going on about that in uh, the NFLPA. Did he work there? Yeah, yeah. I'm not familiar with uh, his work with the Players Association. I think maybe. Uh, <laughs> <That'd be you laughs> I think you mean the collective bargaining the collective agreement. bargaining agreement. I don't know why I said that. Um, and um, we're going to talk about all of the free agents. Um, just we we all went through and we picked different um, free agents that we want the Browns to target during this free agency period. We have a ridiculous amount of money. And so we targeted four different guys. Um, 
that we think the Browns should pick up. Um, so, Matthew, I, I'm wildly interested. I just have to know, what is the deal with Josh Gordon? How long are we going to have him? Um, what is the worst-case scenario? What is the best-case scenario? Enlighten both me and Michael. So, Josh Gordon's in one of the more peculiar contract situations that you can be in the NFL. Uh, when he was drafted, he signed a, a four-year, like, $5 million deal. Um, that deal has since expired now this was actually like his fifth calendar year in the NFL but one of the years didn't count because he was suspended for the full year Um, two of the years the last two years he has spent and has only played five games or less yeah it was five games this year and zero games last year which doesn't count as a full year correct Um, and so his contract still tolls like this year he he got paid a prorated portion of his 1.06 million dollar salary okay um for That's those five, for those five games yeah so we i mean <laughs> what we probably paid him like 300 grand for, right. That's for awesome. this entire season for five games. um because he only got paid for those five games but that doesn't count as a active NFL year. It's not an accrued season. It's not an accrued season. Because he only played five games. If right. he had played six games, it would have been an accrued season, and it would have counted against us Correct. as one of the years. Of Correct. The so the NFL collective bargaining agreement accounts for this situation where you become, your contract ends, but you have less than three years of accrued. You've accrued less than three seasons. So Josh Gordon is currently what's called an exclusive rights free agent, which is kind of deceiving because he's not a free agent at all. <laughs> like, there, there is no situation where the Browns lose him if the Browns want him. So what will happen is the Browns need to tender him a one-year offer before the new league year starts. I, I believe that's on March 14th mm-hmm. when free agency opens. Um, and they'll tender him at any level they want. So typically it's at the league minimum because why not? Yeah. Um, Josh Gordon then has two choices. He can either sign the tender and play for the year or he can sit out for the year and not play at all. And then be a free agent. He hasn't. After this season. After the season's over, yeah. No. He, he wouldn't be a free agent because he wouldn't get another accrued season. So he would never He's play, play again. Yes. Okay. So, so he... He, he has two options. He could either sign it and play under the amount that the Browns are willing to pay him, or he could try to play hardball and say, I'm not going to come play for you. Like, I'm going to go do something else. But there just really isn't another option. So, <laughs> uh, what, would, what are Josh Gordon's options outside of football? Yeah. What is he going to do? The, go back to that car dealership he worked at when he got <laughs> suspended initially. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so last year, Josh Gordon, his – if he played the full season, he would have made a million dollars, a little over a million dollars. Um, the NFL minimum for Josh Gordon next year will be about $630,000. Um, so the Browns have no obligation to offer him anything other than the NFL minimum of $630,000. Um, we'll see what they come in and offer. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they offered him a, that million dollars, just kind of re-upped his, his salary from the last year just as a showing of good faith because yeah, we have so kinda, much cap space. Yeah, you like want to – give some goodwill if we exactly. if he stays clean and we want to keep him like even giving him like two million dollars yeah. like three million dollars like 
Yeah. Hey, Josh. With, like, you've done a good job. Thank you. He doesn't get that. Like, he doesn't get paid if he's suspended. So like, yeah. none of it guaranteed. Just yeah, weekly salaries. Um, that's what I would suspect. I I would be shocked if we come in at the minimum. Yeah. Because there's really no reason to do that. Um, but we have no obligation to do anything other because he doesn't really have a choice. Um, it would be a bad sign, I think, if we came in at the absolute minimum. It basically means John Dorsey doesn't want to see a future with, Correct. with Josh Gordon on our roster, Correct. in my opinion. Correct. Um, I also don't really see a situation where Josh Gordon signs an extension this offseason. There's no reason to because his camp is going to value him way above the Browns. The Browns have no reason to commit long-term to Josh Gordon because they have him for next year. After 2018, he'll be a restricted free agent because he has three accrued NFL seasons. And then we can just tender him with either a first-round tender, a second-round tender, yeah, or we can his original-round tender. We can control The maximum we would have to pay him in that situation, assuming no team comes in and gives an offer that we would have to match, would be like $4 million for a season which is still a deal. So if he stays clean, our ability to keep Josh Gordon on the roster is pretty good for the next couple years. Two years. Absolutely. Uh, And pretty cheap. Yeah. So, but next offseason would be the time when he would probably be incentivized to sign a long-term deal with the Browns because the Browns could lock him up. If he's been clean for a year and a half then, at that point, um, is showing that he's in a good place. The Browns want to keep him long-term. The Browns could lock him up for as little as $4 million with a first-round tender that mm-hmm. another team is probably not going to be willing to give up a first-round pick to sign him. Yeah, because they'd have to give up a first-round pick, pick and plus give him pay a him a bunch of money. Agent contract. Right. Yeah. So then next offseason, he's going to be incentivized to maybe sign a long-term deal where the Browns are going to pay him more than that $4 million plus whatever else they're going to pay him in the future years. And yeah. at that point, we're going to be great, and he can't wait to sign another contract with us. <laughs> and, because... and I just don't foresee a situation where normally when you get these restricted free agents, like teams are able to construct deals that become unattractive to the, the right. current rights, the team who yep. currently holds the rights. I just don't see a way where the Browns are in a cap situation where any team can construct a Josh Gordon deal that becomes unattractive to the Browns Right. That isn't just genuinely unattractive to like the entire NFL. Like, well, like the Browns we're not just, just assuming so much risk. Like, it's not like you could front end a deal that the Browns couldn't match. Yeah. Well, we'll have the cap space to front end a deal. Maybe not in two years, though. One aspect Three to think years. about, though, on this is like a deal that doesn't have protections that you would want to have in place for Josh Gordon. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that's just a genuinely unattractive deal to NFL teams. And if right. you're willing to assume that kind of risk, yeah, by all means, give us the first-round pick and take him. Correct. Um, Probably correct. Because if, if you're going to guarantee $50 million for drug tests or not, like, yeah, I'm not going to match that, and I'll take your first-round pick and hope for the best. Yeah, yeah. To me, the only way that another team would be able to pull them away is by not putting in the protection. By doing something that you stupid. Want to have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, I'll, the Browns are in an amazing situation with Josh Gordon, with yeah. the way that the last two seasons have played out, and only, or yeah. actually, it goes all the way back to that season. His, I think it was twenty thirteen, or twenty fourteen. That was his killer season. Was thirteen. Uh, yeah, and then twenty fourteen, he was suspended for the first ten games, and then suspended for the last game, and he right. only accrued. 
Five. He only played yeah, five games. It wasn't a great season. <laughs> it's the worst thing that could have no, happened to him. It's incredible. Season. And it yeah. happened to him twice now, where he's yeah, only, where he's five only got games. five games. And because of that, he's going to be tied to the Browns this year and tied to the Poor Browns guy, next really. year. Low, low key, the best thing that ever happened to the Browns. Right it's there. incredible. Yeah. Um, and so we have him basically for, I mean, four and a half million dollars for the next two years if we want him. Oh, man. That's so good. All That's right. amazing. That's great news. Yeah. Thanks for doing the deep dive. The the resident lawyer amongst the three yeah, of us. Yeah, it's true. He's done that a few times. I would be incapable. So, um, it was Mark's idea to give us a little bit of a free agency look, and we took it a step further and basically decided to go off on our own and the all of us to kind of say, okay, if we could pick some top free agents for the Browns to target, who would they be and what would the amounts be? And so we kind of all did our own research, and we don't even know what the others have shared. So these lists might all be the same. They might all like be our very different. <laughs> <laughs> we did the exact same thing with the draft, and we both picked Sam Darnold and Minka Fitzpatrick, one and four. Um, they might all be different. I have no idea. There's so many big-name free agents that the Browns could use that I think there's going to be enough variety here um, that it's going to be interesting. Um, but we were talking before we came on. I think what we're going to do uh, is list through each of them, on go person by person, list through our whole list and what we think the appropriate value would be for the Browns to sign these players. And then we're going to let the others shoot questions over and poke holes into the whole deal. Comment on it afterwards. Yeah. Matthew, you, you're really on a roll here. I say we start with you. Let's let's. No, hear. Mark, this was your idea. I think you should start. No, Michael, you gave a great intro. <laughs> I think you should start. <laughs> let's all share the love here. Um, I'm honestly happy to start if you would like right, me to up. start. Um, so I have not been shy on the podcast at all about my desire for the Browns to sign Sam Bradford. Um, so he's my first one. I think Sam Bradford at a deal similar to like three years, $54 million, which sounds like a lot, but if you only guarantee a portion of it, um, I think that it can be really palatable for the Browns if they can walk away after a year or two with very little damage. Um, so I'm thinking something like $22 million guaranteed in the whole deal could make some sense. So he's my first pick, and that obviously assumes that we're going to take a quarterback at one or four in the draft as well. My second um, and my main thinking here is that if we are taking a young quarterback – the first situation I want to have shored up is the offensive line, and I think we're in good shape there. The second place I want to have shored up for a quarterback is the skill positions. And so, as we were just talking about Josh Gordon, we feel okay about him. But if all of a sudden he's out the door, our receiving core looks pretty terrible. And so I want to lock in a top-flight receiver that we can add to Josh Gordon right now, and that would be fantastic. But in the absence of Josh Gordon, we would be in good shape for a rookie quarterback. So I want to go after Allen Robinson if he doesn't get franchised by the Jaguars. Um, thinking four years, $60 million with Dang. $30 million guaranteed. That's something. It's a hefty deal, but I think it's what we would have to do in order to get him. Um, otherwise, I just don't think there'd be any reason he would think about the Browns. Um, and the final one of my like kind of top-tier picks was LaMarcus Joyner. I did a lot of back and forth on whether a corner or a free safety made more sense because we need so much help in the secondary. And ultimately, I think that having a little experience on the back end next 
two um, peppers is going to be really helpful. So I, I do like the idea of Minka Fitzpatrick for sure um, as the free safety next to peppers, but having somebody with a little more experience is good. Um, so f- my deal for Lamarcus Joyner was five years, forty-five million with twenty million guaranteed. Um, I think that's what it's going to take. It might even take yeah. more than that, um, but I think that's the right market value. My concern on that one is that he played for Greg Williams and, and was a cornerback and was miscast yeah. whenever he played for Greg Williams. His right. best year was this past year when they actually moved him to his natural position at free safety. Um, so I'm not, I don't know how likely that scenario actually is, but I think that if you really just look at everything in a vacuum, that would be the best case scenario for the Browns. So then the final thing we wanted to do was to, so we took three like top tier free agents. What's one like under the radar, more value free agent that's going to make a difference on the team, but isn't going to cost a whole lot of money. And so my thing on this front is the Browns need a freaking blocking tight end in the worst possible way. That's true. So I really don't care who it is, but looking at the <laughs> list, like an Anthony Fasano or a Virgil Green for a couple million dollars a year, if it's a one-year deal, if it's a two-year deal, if it's a three-year deal, I really don't care. Somebody that can come in and just block as an inline tight end and doesn't have complete stones for hands, I'm happy with. Let's get rid of Randall Telfer and put somebody else in there that can actually block. And that's what I want. It's not going to cost us much money, and I think it's an absolute necessity. In I, I have no problem with, with that last thing that you said. Yeah. Um, that, would, that would be... It's what the Browns have been missing in so much of their running game for the last three years now. Well, I don't think we've had a single player who kind of fits that role. Yeah, how uh, much money did you say you wanted to pay Sam Bradford? Three years, fifty-four million. How much guaranteed? Fifty-four million. How much guaranteed? Twenty-two guaranteed. Twenty-two. So almost all of it's just guaranteed in the first year, and then the rest of it is spread out. So your, um, your dead cap would only be like four million if you signed if you so dropped him, him after the first year. You're giving him eighteen million dollars a year. I'm giving him the Blake Bortles contract. But it's it is the Blake Bortles contract. It's the Blake exactly. Bortles contract almost exactly. Why? He, I mean, he's making eighteen million dollars this year, which would would keep. Yeah. So right now, his he's current on a deal, two-year, thirty-six million dollar deal. I thought. Yeah, yep. He that's exactly right. He didn't do much this year. Yep. And he hasn't played. He hasn't stayed healthy. I don't think there's another team in the NFL that will have the appetite to pay him that much money. The Browns are gonna have to overpay to get a good quarterback. I think the Bills might. For Bradford, though, who's got the injury risk? But who else are they going to go for? Uh, Case Keenum? I mean... Teddy Bridgewater? But That's got if, bills if you're, all over if you're paying, If you're paying the same price for the players, I mean, I, I assume the market for Keenum will be similar to Bradford as far as overall, overall value. Who would you rather have? Case Keenum with his, like, this one random year of success with the Vikings or Sam Bradford where you know he can do it if he stays are healthy. You, are you saying from the Browns' perspective or from the Bills' well, perspective? Well, from, from anybody's perspective. I mean, well, but the I Browns don't care. are in a unique situation because we're going to take a quarterback. Exactly. That's why I think we're no, in the best position the, to take Sam Bradford, and we should overpay to get him so that we maximize our chances to have optimal quarterback play because we are going to take him and we're going to take a quarterback at the top of the draft 
and we're going to have both of them there with Deshaun Kaiser, and we're not going to. There's no way to lose. Best case scenario is Bradford stays healthy, and you let him play it out, and then you put in the quarterback that you draft whenever he's ready. And sure. I, I just think you price the price everybody else out of it. Why? Why did you use the Bortles contract? Um, because it's kind of middle of the road, and it lines up dollar wise with what he's making right now. But it adds an extra year to it. That's all. I just kind of liked it. I, th- I was thinking a three-year deal for Bradford anyways, and it just made sense. Okay, so LaMarcus Joyner. Uh, yeah. He was like the number three. I, I had him on my list too. Um, and he was like the number three safety in football by Pro Football Focus last year. Um, do you think we have to pay him like top safety dollars? So one it was his first year as a safety. He was a cornerback before. Like, yeah. do you think he's making top of the line money? He's pretty small, isn't he? He's like he five is, he's nine, five nine. But he's fast. He's five. I don't care that he's five nine. He's a free safety. Yeah, I mean, he's fast. He can cover the whole field. As long as he can, can cover ground and move. He can he go. Can he can play anywhere, which like is is really nice. Um, so one thing that was interesting on I don't know if you any listeners or you guys use that website Spotrack that. You, tracks all of the you know contracts and the values and stuff they have a new little feature it doesn't seem like they have it for every player that is a free agent but for some of them they do like a calculation on the market value Uh like what they expect the player to garner in the free market and they basically take four comp players and what contracts they have and they make a calculation based off of that um, and so the the average value for LaMarcus Joyner was actually higher than what I had contemplated in my offer. So they were thinking that the market value was $10.6 million per year, and I had put him in at $9 million per year, which puts him just outside the top five for free safeties. So like the top free safeties for reference is Eric Berry, uh, Tyron Matthew, Harrison Smith, Earl Thomas, and Devin McCourty. To me, LaMarcus Joyner is below that. Like I don't know how you can... Really, just maybe he's higher know. than Devin McCourty. Yeah, there's some of those guys like, like who? Who would you say? Like, I don't. I don't I'd rather I'm have. I'm not in love with Harrison Smith. Like, I would. Uh, I would. Harrison much, Smith's really good. I would much rather have Eric Berry, Earl Thomas, or Tyron Matthew than Lamarcus Joyner. But those those other guys, I I could give or take them. McCourty's the only questionable one in my opinion, and he's and he, old. Yeah, and he's so. barely over $9 million. Like, he's almost... It's like 9.25 or something like right. that. It was very close. So then this puts him... You know, the $9 million per year puts him just ahead of Malcolm Jenkins, who's $8.75 million per year. He's a good player. It's a similar player, honestly, that can move around and play different positions. And then a good bit ahead of Tashawn Gibson, who's at $7.2 million he's per year. overrated. A little bit overrated, playing on a good secondary, which helps him a little bit down there in Jacksonville right now. Um, so I don't know, nine million. As I looked at the list of of where free safeties rank, like that was the slot that made sense for me for a free a n- new on the market free agent, Lamarcus Joyner. Um, so I wouldn't want to pay more than nine million dollars, but if the market's going to be ten point six, so be it. Maybe we would just would you want to pay. That much money to a safety for for that long term? Yes, when we have our other safety locked in at in a rookie deal for almost that same amount of time, is that really an issue? I don't think that's an issue. I guess I guess if you look at it that way, you look at the position group as a whole and what you want to pay for the whole position group. And I don't think you look at like one player on an individual basis. 
Okay. So Allen Robinson, fifteen million dollars a year. Are you worried about him coming off that ACL injury? So my concern. I mean, that that's a lot of money to commit. I assume I don't know what kind of guaranteed money you gave him, but I, I mean, said thirty million guaranteed. So to me, this was like a notch above what Alshon Jeffrey just got for with the Eagles, um, which I would probably put him on par with Alshon Jeffrey. But for him to come to the Browns, it's got to be significantly above whatever. Jeffrey was getting to play for a Super Bowl caliber team. Really? You, you, Why? I mean, Why it's was just, that, Michael? It's just kind of obvious. <laughs> so it's just kind of the cost of being the Cleveland Browns. Um, Which is good when you have a bunch of cap space. It is like, nice. But, like, legitimately, I debated whether this made sense or not. Like, and I really think that it's important for the quarterback to have, like, a reliable receiving core. But when I'm th- trying to guarantee you know, give a contract for $15 million a year for a wide receiver. But probably the next tier of, you know, receivers that you could get is like a Terrell Pryor, which I would think we could get him for the type of deal we were trying to offer him last year, 8 or $9 million a year. Oh, I like, think, that's a huge... That's I, think a, he's, I, I think you would definitely get him for the oh, same yeah. deal you offered him before. I think you could get him on like a kind of a prove-it, like two-year, $12 million deal. But, like, to think about the savings of that versus an Allen Robinson, what is the drop-off really in, like, value on the field? I'm not so sure that I can justify this, but if Allen Robinson's healthy, you know you've got to do that. And the best thing about Allen Robinson is how old he is. The dude is 24 years old. 24 years old. And he's been in the league five years? Five years? He, no, was, drafted, he was drafted as a 20-year-old kid. That's incredible. Yeah, he was the so youngest player. He the was the youngest the player in the NFL, I believe, his rookie year. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's well, that's cool. significant. So he's going to make a lot of money in his career because he's going to like sign a four-year contract and right now, gonna and then he's going to sign a third. Yeah, yeah, definitely still in his prime. Yeah, I wonder if that's going to impact how long of a contract he wants to sign. Like, if he signs a five-year deal now, he'll be thirty. Or 29. 29 I would say he signs a four-year deal. Sign a four-year deal for wow. a, a bunch of money and then be 28 and sign Absolutely. another four-year deal for a bunch of money. Like, yeah, that's what I would do. That person. Okay. My, that's crazy. My only critique about spending that money on wide receiver, like we've got Josh Gordon. We talked about how we have him for two years, basically. There's no reason to get rid of him. I mean, sure. unless somebody does something really stupid and yep. wants to take him off your hands for a first-round pick. That's great. Yep. Um, we have him, we have Corey Coleman, who's coming into his third year. We've got his fourth year and then a fifth-year option, which, I mean, will probably be about $10 million that fifth year. Mm-hmm. Then we would pick it up. Like, do we need to spend this money at wide receiver? I don't think it's a necessity. We have a ton of money. I'm wondering if we, we have just like, it, like down the roster on wide receivers, not for one extra like premium okay but i'm i'm painting the worst case scenario of what if josh gordon is gone and then it's Corey coleman and whatever else like he gets suspended and Corey coleman is still like hasn't completely proven himself a that he can stay healthy and b that he can produce on a week-to-week level i still believe in Corey coleman but i don't think that anyone is like counting on him to be a top flight nfl receiver at at this point and he's averaging one handbrake per season (laughs) (laughs) Very two consistently. Two. two for two. He's leading the league in fractured <laughs> metacarpals. Uh, I mean, to me, like, 
if you're really like it's just such an a tenuous yeah. wide receiver position for the Browns. Like you have the room in your cap to sign a top flight wide receiver. Why not lock in the position? And then the worst case, and the, you know, worst case, you've got this guy locked in, and you you're good to go, and you're you know guarded against all of these terrible things happening. If you if you signed Allen Robinson, would you draft a wide receiver with one of our first six draft picks? No. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, maybe, maybe, in the maybe, maybe yeah. in some of those later picks, like fifth or sixth of their top six, but probably not one of those first four. Um, yeah, probably not one of those first four. So, all right, that's my list. Okay. Who's all next? Right, moving on. Moving on. Matthew, you ready? I'm ready. All right. Hit us with it. All right. So for my for my top free agent, I went. Kyle Fuller, cornerback from the Bears, on a five-year, $55 million deal. Ooh, we, rich. We need, that we is need, expensive. We need cornerback help in the worst way. Uh, and we need to – I mean, McCord, he was our best corner, and he's like 35 years old. Not really. He's like 32 or something. But he's not going to be around forever. We have nobody who's going to be there long-term that we can definitively say you're – going to be the answer mm-hmm. so we need help in, in that area in the worst way um second free agent is i debated back and forth about which of the minnesota quarterbacks i wanted whether i wanted bridgewater or bradford very different like reasons for for the two i ended up going bradford on a three-year 45 million dollar deal with 20 that's million a, guaranteed it's a lot cheaper than me but about the same guaranteed money it is a lot cheaper. I went for the guaranteed money, and I have the the kind of current contracts to back it up. And I think that that should be his market value, given his the uncertainty and the injury history um, that he's had to deal with. Um, my third free agent, um, we're going to need a running back. I hope we draft a running back uh, pretty high in this draft, not with our first, is, one of our first two picks. But, what is high for you um, for a running back? I mean, I hope we draft a running back with one of our two like early second round picks. Um, yeah, I agree. I I think that's where we need to take it. But I want to. I'd sign Doug Martin to a two year, eight million dollar deal. Um, he's only twenty nine years old. The he's, muscle hamster. The muscle hamster. <laughs> what a joy that would be. And he's a young twenty nine because he's he spent time he spent time out with injury. Um, he spent time. He was suspended for a bit. I'm not so sure um, Doug Martin costs four million dollars a year. And so that's the thing, like the the cost of these free agent running backs. Like Eddie Lacy was one year five point five million dollars, and that was way overpaying the market. Yeah. So because it was a one year deal. Yeah. Um, so that's that's my running back. I would be thrilled if if we could come into this year with with Duke Johnson, Doug Martin, and like somebody like Sony Michelle, like There's Nick other- Chubb, like any of any of those like good young running backs. Maybe even Darius Geis at the top of the second round. Like, yeah. That'd be in freaking incredible. So hit us with your value pick, and then I'll, I got my, some questions. My value pick uh, is a personal fan favorite of mine. I would love to sign Connor Barwin to a one-year, $3 million deal to be a third-down rusher coming off the end. Okay. So Connor Barwin, has he ever played in the 4-3 defense? Yeah, he played with the, with the Eagles. The Eagles play a 4-3. He played with the Eagles a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, 
we I I mean and he played in a four same, three in college. I had the same thought. So I went through tight ends as my value pick yeah. or situational pass rushers as yeah. my as my value pick. Because those are the type of guys you can get on a free agent contract. Mm-hmm. One guy I thought about was Alex Okafor mm-hmm. as my value pick, but I think he's going to go for a little bit more, and he also tore his Achilles late in the year, so yeah. he might not be 100%. Yeah, and I don't like our situational pass rushers. Like, we've got... Um, no, we don't have a guy that's a yeah. situational pass rusher. We need a we've guy... We've got our top two pass rushers, and that's it, and we drop off after that. We've got Carl Nassib, but he doesn't really generate pass rush. Like, he's just like this... Hustle glue guy. <laughs> well, I don't really and, know what he is. And I think he ideally, the ball down when he doesn't get to the quarterback. He does. We need a guy that can really get after the quarterback in an obvious like third down passing situation yeah. where you can move either Miles or Emmanuel Ogba inside, mm-hmm. and you can like really generate some pressure that way. Yeah. I mean, think about Ogan Joby, and I, it was just insane. Like you could get some real good push if you've got somebody um, that's like on third that you've got to account for on the other side of miles or an analog but it could be nasty absolutely so i would i would be pleased and all of these decisions were made i don't know that this is the year that we go and max out our free agent spending yeah i i think that's next year like we're going to spend moderately in free agency to, to make our team better. But next year, when we have a quarterback that we feel good about, whether it's the rookie we draft or the person we sign this offseason, we're going to be in a position where we're going to be able to spend money on free agents to get real good real fast Here's if the thing. we're in that spot. Here's my thought on that. I don't know that I disagree with you as far as like next year being more important in free agency than this year is. But if you're smart in the way you structure the contracts in this year, you can go after a handful of guys. Like the Jags spent a couple years of signing free agents at like top dollars, but they structured them in a way that they could get out of them. They're very front end loaded. The guarantees are all in the first year or two, and they could get away from them if they needed to. And they were able to do that with Julius Thomas and like all kinds of players that they signed in a few years and they were able to hold on to the ones that they wanted to hold on to and move on from the other ones and then they hit on some of the bigger free agents this past year with Calais Campbell and AJ Bouye and yeah. those kind of guys like those were the type of free agents that they weren't getting in the previous years but it was kind of a ramp up to show that they were able to spend the money willing to spend the money and build the team to compete now and I think the Browns kind of need to dip their toe in the water and in free was, agency this year. It was year. all undone by signing, to picking up Blake Bortles. That's a whole nother, Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. Like all discussion. of your like, best laid plans were destroyed by picking up Blake Bortles. We won't discuss it here, but just read Bill Barnwell's article that hit, uh, it's so bad. hit today. It's, we got to call Yens. The article is great. The article is great. The signing of Blake Bortles is quite bad. Yeah. We got to call Yens and get his, his perspective on Blake I texted Blake him today, and he's, I think he's giving me the silent treatment because, <laughs> because he's angry. They're so on board with him, 150,000%. So, okay, my question for you, Matthew, on the corners. You said Kyle Fuller is your number one. He had one season this past year where he has proven himself, like, he was literally on the roster bubble heading into free heading into camp last year with the Bears, and proved himself this year. Had a really good year, but why did you pick you know Kyle Fuller versus say Malcolm Butler? 
Yeah, Kyle Fuller's, um, I'm not sure how old Malcolm Butler is. Kyle Fuller just turned 26 years old. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure Butler's 28. Yeah, he's so he's, I mean, he turned 26 years old like last week. So he's he's young. He's mm-hmm. kind of in that Allen Robinson kind of age range where you you get that really good deal. On no, Allen Robinson's 24. I know, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but he'll be 25 by the time the season starts, I'm almost sure. Um I liked Kyle Fuller's like rookie year, his like first year in the league. He then dipped, and they were wondering they didn't pick up his his fifth year option. He came back and played really, really well. Played really well against the Browns. Right. Um, I like what Kyle Fuller brings to the table. Uh, and there's a lot of free agent corners. Like I, I looked at it. And the market on this is going to be odd because there's like five guys that could all be the top free agent corner and how those dominoes fall are going to determine the market. And Who are some of those other ones that you like considered were tossing around there? Like I know like EJ Gaines is available. Um, Malcolm Butler's available. Brashawn Breland, or it's not Brashawn. Who is it? Breland. Yeah, what's his name? Um, he's not going to be one of the top in the market, though. I mean, he's basically a slot corner. Um, I don't think that anyone thinks of him as much more than that. You've got Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson um, is the one that most people have going to the guy. Browns. I think because of the Greg Williams type connection. Um, Aaron Colvin's good coming out of the Jaguars. But again, he's a slot corner, and the Browns kind of have some slot corner options. Like, we almost have too yeah. many slot corners and not enough outside. Yeah. Like, we don't have outside guys. We have inside guys. Yeah, you got Patrick Robinson, who had a really good year with the Eagles. Um, Rashawn Melvin from the Colts. I don't know that I like him all that much. But um, there's all these corners who are going to be Malcolm Butler. Um, right. Is, I mean, who could be at the top end of this market. It's going to be interesting to see how it falls out. Um, but... Kyle Fuller's odd because he had that one good year and not many others. I base my numbers based on Drake Kirkpatrick re-signed with the Bengals for five years, $52.5 million. Drake Kirkpatrick has never been a player that, like, impressed me. But that's kind of the market. And like, you said five years, point. 55? 55. Okay. Um, A.J. Boye went five years, $67 million last Ooh. year which was a huge deal, but he was a huge deal coming into free agency. Like, he was the guy and the get in yeah. free agency. Um, Stephon Gilmore got five for 65. It wouldn't surprise me if we had to go, like, five years, 60 million to get him. Um, but he's, I don't, there's no way he's going to break the A.J. Boye I'm con- My biggest concern. Because there's so many other options on the market. Like, it's a supply and demand issue. And there's not going to be that many teams willing to spend more than commit $50 million a year to a corner. Exactly. So I, it, to your point, I wonder if it makes more sense for the Browns to hit the second wave versus the first wave. And it wouldn't surprise me if Kyle Fuller's in that second wave. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if people go um, for... Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler and... Um, Tremaine Johnson, and they set the top end of the market. I think Tremaine Johnson's clearly the top guy. I don't think that... I think he's going to get a top deal. But, like, the Saints might sign Malcolm Butler for... How? Twelve and a half million dollars a year. I mean, they were going after him this offseason. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what that market looks like. Kyle Fuller's my choice. Because I think we need to plan for the long haul. Yep. Okay. Um... 
Alrighty. I think. What What was your value buy again? Connor Barwin. Oh yeah. Three million dollars. Gotcha. I do love Connor Barwin. I, I very distinctly remember Ever going since, to University yeah. of Cincinnati basketball game during Connor Barwin's freshman year where he got pulled from the football team to play on the basketball team because their front line was so depleted. <laughs> they had like two or three injuries on their like centers and power forwards. And Connor Barwin... He's like 6'4". Yeah. <laughs> He's not he, might, he might be 6'6", but it was just this white dude that was hustling his tail off. And grabbing rebounds, doing everything he could to scrap and claw to keep that team afloat. He was he was serviceable. He like, was a like serviceable he... power forward forced into duty for the Cincinnati Bearcats. And I've loved that dude ever Conference since Conference USA. And then all of a sudden he switched from tight end. He was a tight end at the time. That's what I knew about Connor Barman is he was a tight end on the Cincinnati basketball team or football team that got you know called into duty for basketball. And then before I knew it, he was playing defense and was one of the best players and then got drafted, and here he is as a great NFL player. That's amazing. That sounds exactly like me on the basketball court. <laughs> got, got nothing to add, so I just scrap as much as I can. I got hustle to add. That's what I got. <laughs> I got will to win. Only the will to win. Grab rebounds. Oh, yeah. Pick fights. I grab rebounds. Yeah. So before we before we get there, so um, I talked about how I really wanted a tight end, um, and so I really contemplated another personal favorite of mine as a tight end option, but I couldn't justify his blocking ability. Trey Burton. And I, I want Trey Burton. I love Trey Burton so much. I would love that guy to be on the Browns we just, just to align it. my We interests. already have like we, we have, have Trey Burton. With Trey Burton. Skill you know set. what we need Trey Burton for though is special teams. Yes. We could use some extra special teams players. So I also but you thought about... But you don't go into free agency to sign your special teams players. Unless it's Johnson Batamosi. Yeah. You could sign Johnson Batamosi in free agency. That dude's only 27, by the way, which he's surprised me. forever. It feels like it, but he's only 27. If you if you made me bet 27 or 35, like I would probably take 35. Yeah, 27 years old. If I, I'm almost certain as I was doing my All research right. for this podcast. And also, Tank Carter is going to be our special teams for 10 more years Ace. after Joe Schobert's performance this year. That's probably true. <laughs> All right, Marky. All right, let's see what we got. Um, so I actually said my first one was one of yours as well, which is LaMarcus Joyner. Um, I just think, and I have him set down for four years, $10 million a year, and I think that he set himself above all of the other safeties and that he is going to get the top dollar and then we're also going to have to pay him a little bit on top of that because we're the browns and it's a struggle to be able to sign people and convince them to come to your organization um but like i said whenever michael brought him up he was the number three um safety in the nfl this past year by pro football focus so that's uh, barring that the rams do not franchise tag him because i think that there's a chance because they really don't want to lose him um, I think that we, I mean, he had 49 tackles, nine pass defended, three interceptions, a touchdown, and a forced fumble last year. Um, so that is my first one. My second one is Anthony Hitchens. Um, he had a year that was a breakout year for him. So he filled in and was serviceable playing um, when Sean Lee went out for the Cowboys. And he can play outside linebacker, he can play middle linebacker. He is a really flexible role all over the field, and I feel like one of our major problems last year was that linebacker depth that we could not um, 
defend what we needed to defend, and we were getting torched over the middle time and time again by those tight ends right over the line, linebackers. And so I would love to have more depth in there. Um, and so I picked Anthony Hitchens. And I have him at um, a four-year, $30 million, $35 million. Um, it's, I think we might... I, but that was what the people were saying was the going market on I was reading like Cowboys forums and stuff like that and they really really like him there in Dallas and I would love to have another good linebacker to add depth um, then I actually only picked three and then one of those was the value buy so I'm going to go and just inform you about what could possibly happen if we sign AJ McCarron um, because I think that there's, honestly, as a Browns fan, as Michael and Matthew would both like for us to sign Sam Bradford, the reality of the matter is that Hugh Jackson is going to get his way, and we there's a good chance that we sign A.J. McCarron. Um, and, like, I, I just would be terrified if we got, like, Mike Glennon money. Like, do you think he's going to get Mike Glennon money, like $18 million or more? McCarron? Yeah. Not Mike Glennon money was $15 million a year. No, it was eighteen point five. That's guaranteed, guaranteed, but it's $15 million per year. Per year. And yes, been, I do think A.J. McCarron is going to get a deal similar to what Mike Like, Lennon Mike Lennon hadn't done anything, ever. Everyone knew that. That Mike he, Lennon hadn't done it. A.J. McCarron hasn't done anything. He'd started more games than A.J. McCarron. Yeah. A.J. McCarron started, like, three or four games in his career. Mike Lennon, like, had a run as a starter where he wasn't effective. Like, so take but that, is that take better? That for what is that is, better? But, but better, McCarron's like a small sample size better. where you're bad. Yeah, no, McCarron's like three and one as a starter. Um, no, I'm quite certain that McCarron's going to get a similar deal to um, Glennon. Then so like fifteen count million dollars a year. Like, but, you, but not, if you can move on from him after the first year, do you really care that much? Would you rather like not have McCarron and not like what is your other option if like you can't get a Bradford or can't. Like I mean, there's so many other options. There's like Tyrod Taylor who I'd be fine with. There's Teddy Bridgewater who I'd be fine with. You have Case Keenum on the market. Like You like Case I, Keenum like, that much better than AJ McCarron? No, but like I'm how much did you want to sign? There's just Case only Keenum gonna for? be so many teams that are willing to spend like money on the quarterback. Plus there's all these teams that are gonna draft quarterbacks. Like $15 million for a starting quarterback, somebody that you're planning to start, is not expensive. Yeah, I think If you look at the market... I know, but like, for somebody who's garbage, you <laughs> don't actually plan on... But if next year we don't you need him at all... Like, you can't get him any other way. It's either that or you don't have a starting caliber quarterback. And we have our rookie and... With any experience. Deshaun Kaiser. I get what you're saying, that the value's not there, but like it's what you have to do if you want someone in that vein under center like you there's no other option and the browns have to sign a veteran quarterback whether it is sam bradford or yes. whether it is aj mccarron or whether it is somebody else like aj mccarron's not my top choice but if it happens and plays out that way i just hope the browns structure the deal that they can get away from it in a year or two without too much damage and honestly if i'm aj mccarron as much as i might like hugh jackson I don't think I'm going to the Browns if I know they're drafting a top quarterback that's just going to take my job. Like, I think Peter King and some other people have made the point it makes way more sense for him to go somewhere like Arizona or the Jets or somewhere else where, like, they're not in a great draft position to take a top quarterback, like Arizona or Buffalo even, maybe. Um, 
where they're going to be able to commit to him for more than one or half of a season well, before in two years before yeah. moving on to the incumbent. You know who's going to be coming in and you know the rookie that we're drafting. So I just don't know that that's what McCarron's looking for is to come here and just keep a seat warm until the rookie's ready. Yep, that would make sense. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. No that's... matter how warmly Hugh Jackson hugged me on the sidelines. So walk me through your Hitchens deal again. Um, the Hitchens was it was four years and thirty five million. Why I think we're gonna have to overpay. That's why do we need him? So... Like why is that like I was a position that... that we need? Because I feel like it would be great to add depth at the linebacker position. That was constantly a but problem. We're, but we and can't this guy play has proven no, no, no. This guy has proven to be able to slide around and play on the outside linebacker, play inside linebacker. He wasn't starting for the Cowboys, and that's what they want okay. to play him as. Okay, so in our base four three defense, what three linebackers do you play? Uh, well, you play everyone that's healthy. <laughs> no, but like week one, everybody's week one. But Hitchens, Hitchens can play. Hitchens can play uh, outside linebacker role, like hybrid pass rush role too. Like he's done that before. Okay, so he can that, play on the line, and that's great. But okay, so you Ogba sitting or Garrett sitting? Like like on Greg first... Williams is constantly shuffling that. I don't think it's a problem to have a rich depth of talent at our defensive front nine position. I, I don't think it is either, but I think it's a problem when you're already paying Christian Kirksey, Christian Kirksey money, and you're already paying Jamie Collins, Jamie top end linebacker money. We can't pay somebody to like not be on the field. So then you're taking Schobert off the field, who was a pro bowler and is, I mean, admittedly super cheap because he's on his rookie deal. But in a fourth round rookie deal. I just have a hard time giving somebody about, I think it's $9 million a year that you gave him just about. Um, to not be an every-down player or take one of our Pro Bowl players off the field. I'm with you. The point that I made earlier when Matthew asked me about LaMarcus Joyner paying that kind of money to the safety position, Mm -hmm. I talked about how I think you have to look at the position group group as a whole, and this is the same situation. That's fair. Where if you look at the money that we put towards Jamie Collins and Christian Kirksey, like we put all our eggs in that basket pretty much last year. Yeah. And we like both of those players in general if they can stay healthy. And then you add Joe Schobert in there. I just don't think we can commit free agent money to linebacker. I am not against taking a linebacker to add depth as through, a, the draft. A, through the draft in any way. And I think that would make some sense to take a risk on like a pretty athletic linebacker that can cover some tight ends and stuff like that. I think that could be really nice. Somebody that's going to be able to play special teams and is going to provide some depth in case we have injuries. Yeah. I, I mean, think that's good. We're paying Kirksey four years, $38 million right now. Yeah. And Jamie Collins is making more than that. It's $50 million Jamie over, Collins over is at, like, years. the top four of the market years. for yeah. linebackers. Yeah, that's a lot of money to be paying linebackers if we would add. I, and I like the idea of adding a linebacker, even in free agency. I just think it has you, to be. If you get the right, the right guy and the right value. It has, yeah. It, All right, we we broke the model. I actually never said my value buy, never never came out. And oh. my va- my value buy is Sorry. a little bit. No, you're good. Is a little bit more expensive than both of your guys' value buys. But it's Terrell Pryor because um, obviously relative. Obviously, we know who Terrell Pryor is, and if he provides another thousand yard season like he did two years ago for the Browns, um, a six million dollar contract like he got from the Redskins where he was crap would not be unreasonable. It might you might even be able to sign him for less. 
a two-year deal for six or five or something like that where he doesn't really have many options at this point because he kind of went out on a limb and bet on having another killer season like he did two years ago with the Browns, with the Redskins, but he only ended up getting like 240 yards and a touchdown. So like how much money do you really pay a guy like that? I think it's $4 million, $5 million, $10 million over two years. And he has the potential to be like he's athletic and has the potential if he continues to work in the position, be like an Allen Robinson. I like he's huge, freak athletic, could do that thing to be able to have that person on your roster. And he wants to come back. Um, I think that that would be a good value and add depth to the position. For around five million, you think you could sign him? Five million. Short term deal. Yeah, short term deal. So Let him I, bet on himself again. I mean, honestly, if you told me that you could get Terrell Pryor for half of what you would be able to sign Allen Robinson for, I might I might take that Terrell Pryor deal versus Allen Robinson. So would you give you would give Pryor seven and a half? So That's you, what we offered you would him give two years him, ago. You would give him like a four year thirty million dollar deal. Yeah. And be happy. My question is He's old. I, I, I wonder how good Terrell Pryor is. Like he was the best wide receiver on an awful team, and we forced him the ball all the time. So I I have a little bit of suspect of like how good he actually is, and he's gonna be twenty nine years old before the next season starts. So he doesn't have a whole lot of wear on his tires, which is one thing. I don't know how much that matters, but like yeah, but he's also not like a crafty wide receiver. Like he's he relies on the fact that he's six foot four and. Huge. He's fast. I, I mean, I I like him on like a one or two year deal. I I don't know. It's a, it's I don't a value know buy though, and he wants to come here. Why not sign him for such a small amount of money? We're in like, a better we're in a better position for negotiating than we were last year. Absolutely. Like, w- he felt like we were trying to short him last year whenever we were offering. <laughs> like he now really he did. Now he really he did, and then he ended up having to sign a much cheaper deal. And this year, now, we're going to be, like, coming in and offering him money, probably more, and if, you know, at least similar, if not more money than any other team's going to. So I, I just think it's a different situation, and it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Would you be willing to give him, like, a huge, like, an incentive-laden deal? Like, that deal he signed with the Redskins could have been worth up to $11 million. Like oh, if I think he did all ha- the incentives. I think it has to be an incentive-laden deal. Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind. I wouldn't guarantee a ton of any Terrell Pryor long-term yeah. contract. If you want to do a four-year deal, it's got to be pretty incentive-laden. If we sign him to a two-year deal and he's our big free agent wide receiver signing, our wide receiver core is going to be like set for two years and then be a disaster because well, I Gordon know. Coleman I and know. That's an Pryor issue. will That's all a be gone issue. two years from now and we'll be left with somebody who's not even on the roster currently. Like None of the like young roster players. Will You're be. absolutely correct. And that's even assuming that we take the fifth-year option on Corey Coleman because next year is going to be the third year. Of Corey Coleman. Yeah, well, no, that would be that would be year three year. and four, and then if we took the fifth year option, oh, he would still right. be a good right. thing. You're um, right. but yeah, it'll be a disaster. All right, that's interesting, Mark. Hey, I'm I'm all for. I'm, I mean, so I thought about Pryor. It's, it's a value. It's it's just value. That's gonna be every Browns fan's like favorite because Browns. Yeah, fans he went to Ohio State. State. That was great. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. He played quarterback so, and then he came back. There. <laughs> That was great. There's a bunch of interesting wide receivers. Like, if we don't sign, like, either even way lower down the list than prior, 
Like, I think there's guys that we can sign that are going to add value to our team. You can think of, like, an Eric Decker. Like, no, even a guy... God, no. Eric Decker was awful this year with the Titans. He literally could not catch the ball. That is true. I saw lots of drops from Eric Decker. But, but you go even further down the list, and guys like Kamar Aiken, who's, like, a pretty serviceable, like, decent wide receiver, and is about, like, 20th on the wide receiver free agent list. You know, like, guys that are going to contribute... And be a heck of a lot better than Ricardo Lewis. Marquise Lee. Yeah. Or okay. like... Danny Amendola, Jordan Matthews. That's Or like Bruce Ellington. Like, that guy is a good slot option in the NFL. Dante Moncrief. Like, Dante Moncrief. Decent, decent wide receiver. You know, like, underachieving. You could get a pretty good deal. That guy's got pretty good size. Like, he's going to show you something. Um, I just... There's value to be had in the wide receiver free agency market. Um, I'm certain that we will sign someone. I'm very interested to see what level we actually come in at. You know, you know who's a free agent now? Brian Cushing. Mm. We want a little the juice juicer. on our team. <laughs> we want a little juice. We know who to call. That's uh, just what the Browns need, right? Uh, a habitual PED user. Here's another one. Would you guys be open to draft or? Signing like a Prince of Mukamura or one of those other like lower level cornerbacks, mid tier cornerbacks that have proven to be like they've started in the league and they haven't been awful, but they would give us a little bit. I feel like we have that already. With yeah, we McCourty. have so many of those guys. We with have that McCourty like with McCourty. And Taylor. He, it's a short term answer. What do you think about Morris Claiborne? He's one that actually intrigues me a little bit. He's been pretty decent, but you wouldn't want to sign him for a long term deal. Yeah. Where did he play this last season? Because he wasn't on the Cowboys. No, he went to... Was it San Diego? Oh, man, you're stumping me on this one. Matthew and Mark type away. Oh, the Jets. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they backfilled the uh, Darrell Revis. With Mo Claiborne. Yeah, <laughs> on a one-year deal. Oh, boy. Um, That's funny. All right, so there, there's a couple of free agents who actually came into the uh, Browns facility. Who was that? Yeah, I there mean, was, there was we, Vontae Davis, which we swung is and not missed happening. on that one. Not um, happening. That was interesting to me. He signed a one-year deal in Buffalo. It and sounds like, like I don't know what the or I don't know what the value is, but like that didn't. There clearly must not have been many good options on the table, and he opted to just bet on himself that he was going to come back healthy and have a good deal and sign a bigger deal next year. It's a one-year deal worth up to eight million dollars. Which is pretty low end yeah, quarterback money. Really for, low end. Like that's a great deal for the Bills. Like if the that would not have bothered me if the Browns had signed a deal like that. Yeah. But three point five million guaranteed. The Browns just aren't in a. The Browns are in a crappy position where they can't get those value free agents because we're not competitive enough of a team. But like the, honestly, why we don't is need he interested in going to Buffalo? Like. Buffalo's in a better position than us, but like I but, I, but like marginally, like Buffalo is not going to win the Super Bowl next year in your one year that you're there. So like, they're going to not go defeated though. So, <laughs> like, like I mean, that's a pretty big deterrent to free agents. Yeah, but he's going to be thirty years old. Like I, the market just must not have been there because he's going to be thirty year, years old when he hits free agency next time, and thirty year old cornerbacks don't get paid anything. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, it's true. Okay, so the other guy that came in was Chris Ivory. Matthew, you wanted to sign the muscle hamster. What would you think if we signed Chris Ivory? I think Chris Ivory is just 
like a an older version of what we just had. <laughs> I mean, like they they look the same. They kind of, yeah. in my opinion, run the same. Like yeah. I've never been impressed with Chris yeah. Ivory. I'll I'll pass on him all day. Hard there's, pass. There's like there's probably ten other running backs in free agency I'd choose over him. There's some interesting running backs in free agency. You know one that I meant to mention earlier when you were talking about like guys that could be available. Carlos Hyde. Yeah. Yeah. Be Carlos a, Hyde, he's not gonna go, he's not gonna sign for that much money. No one's gonna pay that much money, but that's a decent running back. Probably like four or five million dollars a year for it like, is. It's it's honestly probably a Latavius Murray contract, like three years, fifteen million dollars, which for a guy as good as Carlos Hyde, like he's had trouble staying healthy, but that could be <laughs> incredible. You know who would be a real value add as a free agent? Frank Gore. Peyton Hillis. Frank, Frank, <laughs> Frank Gore, I'm pretty sure you could just give him 10 bucks and he'd go out there and be like, yeah, I won't play football. <laughs> I just, this is what I got. I play football. He's been that guy is going to play until he's 40, and he's not going to walk off that field. Uh, Rex Burkhead? No, oh, thanks. I don't know. I'd take Rex Burkhead, and he's got a history with Hugh Jackson. I mean, there's... I mean, I'd take Rex Burkhead How is Rex Isaiah Burkhead? Crowell. But how is Rex Burkhead not Duke Johnson? Like, we need a different back. Rex Burkhead is not. He's uh, providing he's, he's a contrasting. Like a, he's a pounder. Yeah, he's less shifty than Duke. So, But he's not a pounder like Jeremy Hill is or Doug no, Martin. Jeremy Hill would be a decent running back for the yeah. Browns to sign. I mean, he's got a, another guy that has history with Hugh Jackson, a guy that is like a complementary skill set to Duke Johnson. Like somebody you can give the ball to. The only problem with Jeremy Hill is he fumbles. But Jeremy Hill, you want a guy that you're going to be able to give the ball to in the goal line situation. But you could get Jeremy Hill for probably two million, $2 million dollars a year. Like, yeah. huh. He's going to be essentially free. But if you're going to draft a running back top in the second round, like we're talking about, like it seems like yeah. all of us want to have happen. Yeah. Like that's the type of veteran you want to yeah. have as like the guy to you know Duke and the rookie and some other dude. Um, Jeremy Hill would kind of fit that bill, in my opinion. Is Legaric, did Legaric Blunt get signed by? I don't know. Or want do you think Legarrick he's going to get? He's a back to back Super Bowl champion. <laughs> <laughs> like, Everywhere he goes, he wins Super Bowl. It's success no, all around. Like the last like six seasons, he's been on one year deals. And he always signs like right before training camp. And <laughs> he's gaming the system. I, I think part of it is he just doesn't care. Like no, he hasn't like he's cared just like, ever since he punched know. that Boise State player when he was in in college. He punched a guy here in Tennessee too, didn't he? Uh, look here at Blunt. Yeah, he punk. did. He, uh, I remember puncher. watching that that game in Oregon, the Oregon Boise State game, yes. and I was watching the post game and watching Legarrette Blunt punch that guy in the face live. Which <laughs> yeah. just, I was like, this guy's going places. <laughs> he did absolutely. He's got the bling. Oh, my goodness. All right. All right. That was good. The only other thing I think we wanted to talk about was the combine. And there's it's yeah. it's coming up. We're excited We'll talk about, about it, it afterwards. Yeah. After it happens, we'll talk about it. There's not a whole lot to talk about on this end. Obviously, the Browns are going to be spending a lot of time talking to the quarterbacks, and we'll see, we'll see what comes of that. There's going to be all kinds of media coverage over the next week. Um, and hopefully we've got some Joe Thomas news. This is, this is about the time frame where he should be – making a decision and telling the team what he's going to do one way or the other. You would think so. That'd and be nice. We're feverishly listening to the Tomahawk pod to see if there's anything on there. Well, they've got Johnny Manziel on, and I haven't listened to it yet. I don't know if it's live yet or not, 
but they're dropping a Johnny Manziel pod, which I'm pretty interested to listen to. I think it's live Wednesday morning, like first thing. 4 a.m., yeah, he said. He tweeted this yeah. morning. Wow. Right? He said, it's very important for it to be available for everyone's morning commute, so uh, 4 a.m. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm actually surprised they got Johnny, not because, like, I'm not surprised Johnny wants to go on their pod, but... Joe didn't have good things to say about Johnny like two episodes back when they kind of talked openly and honestly about him. I mean, he was pretty straightforward in saying that Johnny didn't try and didn't care. I think he was just straightforward. And I don't think Johnny like is shying away from any of that at this point. I think like he's like owning up to it. I mean, clearly good, good on him. Well, we uh, have, we have a Justin Bieber like image turnaround situation going on. He's always said he's always said that he liked Johnny and like got along with him. Like, in any of the conversations they've had on the podcast, that's what they keep saying. I want to know what type of person you'd have to be to not get along with Joe Thomas. Yeah, clearly, <laughs> clearly he loves it. I thought you were going to say Johnny Manziel, and I was like, uh... No, literally anyone. <laughs> but no, Joe, right. is, Joe is a friend to all. Yes, clearly. And for him to have put up with the Browns uh, with a smile on his face for this yeah. long is, is proof of that. He's a good guy. Yeah. He's a good guy. All right. Speaking of good guys, our dear friends over at Barbasol. Um, Barbasol, the brand America trusts for a close shave, now has razors, premium disposable razors, with advanced pivoting head and ultra-thin blades. You're looking good, America. Matthew, when was the last time you shaved with Barbasol? Last time I shaved with Barbasol? I, last week. Lie if you have to. I think. <laughs> Last week, I think I'm trying to I'm trying to feel my beard. I, I kind of go on like a like a shave it down and then let it grow out. Yeah, I'm doing that too. And then your your, your beard's like four inches long. Yeah, this I shaved it down about three and a half months in ago in the summer, and I'm letting it grow out. Yeah, it's it's been a while, um, but but it's good. I I haven't tried the razors yet. I, I, I gotta the razors go, are gotta solid. Go buy the razors. The razors are solid. High end. They High are end, multiple multi blade. The best thing about the Barbasol razors is that they work just as well as any other razor, and they're a heck of a lot cheaper. Which and is honestly amazing because razors are so freaking expensive. Exactly. And then you go for the like mail order Dollar Shave Club, and they're like pieces of crap. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting? I hate Gillette. That's is, all I know. Um, yeah. Screw yes. the Patriots. Yeah, every win that the Patriots get, I hate Gillette even more. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Barbasol is about to come out with a whole system so that you can get like the nice high quality, like heavy handle deal and then just buy the mm. the buy the actual yeah. blades <laughs> to put on top. Which that is really the way I like to go. Yeah. I like to have like a hefty yeah. like no, razor. Instead in of my the hand. like crappy disposable ones the, that are like basically weightless. Yeah. Right now Barbasol's got the just disposable razors out there, but the the whole system's coming out and is making its way to the market. And I just want the listeners to know that was all free. We're only paid to mention Barbasol. We're actually <laughs> just at this point we're having a conversation about razors. Well, hook on us that up, note, hook us up, Barbasol. <laughs> yeah. send, send me one, little of, them, extra, one of them little systems. Extra, little extra something. Um, thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate all of you. Um, be sure to hit us up on Twitter, at Sin of Our Fathers, Gmail, uh, Sin of Our Fathers at gmail.com. Send us an email. Let us know what you think about the podcast. We always love to interact and hear from you guys. We need some more emails, to be perfectly honest. Like yeah. It's been a little bit light on the email front recently. The well has run dry. <laughs> So please hit us up. Thank you so much for listening. 
Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.